Welcome to Episode 7 of the Schaefer Creative Podcast. This is the fourth edition of Conversations with Creatives. Schaefer Creative is a product of my family of six, all six pursuing careers in painting, illustration, animation, photography, writing, and filmmaking. This is our place to showcase our art, document our growth, and teach what we learned. We hope you will find value in learning from our artistic convictions, our mistakes and successes, and the guidance we share as a family as we prepare our children for careers in the arts. I'm animation director Todd Schaefer, the father, and your host on this edition of the Schaefer Creative Podcast. My guest in this edition is a character animator who is only in his early 20s, but he animates like a seasoned pro. His name is Samuel Kabanak. This is part one of my conversation with Sam. So what I'd like to do uh, with you, Sam, is I'm really interested in your formation, where you came from, and the, the studies you got at View Montreal. You're such a young guy, fresh out of school, but you, you animate like you've got 10, 12 years of experience under your belt. You're like this enigma to everybody who knows you. So let's start with your origin story. I'm coming from a pretty creative family. My dad uh, paints. He's a lawyer, but he paints a lot, and he's really great at it. Um, my mom... It's not so much in the art industry, but she's creative as well. She starts projects and um, she likes to design gardens and uh, she had this vision on everything she, she uh, starts and accomplish. And I feel that it's a good motivation for a young person that starts in life and tries stuff as well. So, um, and my siblings are all good at drawing. So yeah. that's oh, good. really? Yeah. So, wow. yeah, they draw, they draw. And so that's cool. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of practice. I started young, and I never felt the need to stop. I think it's just natural. So it was a natural choice all my life. Yeah, that's I, pretty cool. So it's a, just a natural. It's like breathing. I we draw. So. You know. I think so. And <laughs> I'm the oldest, like with my twin of a family of five kids, and I feel like um, it's it's just the need of. Like getting out of the crowd, kind of just getting your own thing. Like uh, yeah. soon in life, you wanna you wanna stand out from the, the group, and I think art was my way to do it. Uh, for my brother, it's it's writing, but he's he wants to tell stories, so he's in uh, the movie. Uh, he wants to get in the movie industry. Okay. And uh, my sister is uh, wants to be a lawyer, and uh, yeah, so we're all a good, a nice bucket. Like a nice, uh, a nice pack. So you have the full things. production pack because you've got yes, the artist exactly. and the lawyer. <laughs> My parents did a good job on that. <laughs> yeah. Who who were your influences as a kid, artistically? Oh, as a kid, I had like, like I think my generation was like watching a lot of mangas show, like uh, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and. Like all of that kind of stuff, and uh, I started by drawing mangas a lot. Wow! And I would have never guessed. Yeah, no, <laughs> I think it's a the generation thing, and uh, I bought a lot of uh, books about drawing mangas and drawings anatomy and drawings. Uh, like I wanted to draw and know how to draw well fast, but to get into animation, uh, I think I started to really like animation when I was 
13 or 14, I went, I was going a lot to the library and uh, I just went through all the books in the art section. Every day, like every weekend, I was going there with my sisters and brothers and, and we were reading. And one day I felt on this book uh, called Art Ludique and it was mentioning a lot of 2D artists around the world and one of the artists was Glenn Keane. And I felt in love instantly with his line, with his message, with his path. And uh, I said, yep, I want to work into animation. So I'm just going to wait for this school to offer me that kind of path and I'm going to and I'm going to do it but now I'm just going to concentrate on drawing. Yeah. Great. I was I was never pushing. I was just drawing like stuff I liked. I copied a lot. I copied characters from books. I would I would do like posters. Where I would just copy the character. Um, I would draw like animals. I liked animals a lot. Uh, basic stuff, really. Just yeah, you did, having you fun. You must have done a lot of stuff in life. Yes, yes. Your gesture is very intuitive. Not not so much drawing about life, but I was experiencing life a lot. I was, like I said, growing with like four uh, siblings. Um, you're just facing a lot of stuff. Like uh, I grew up also on a farm, so not so much TV. Just really uh, jumping, running. Uh, jumping in the mud and everything going, growing in the forest. So I was experiencing a lot in my youth and I think that's kind of a, a good uh, tool to, to uh, uh, inspire, to be inspired from. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's interesting, I had never thought about that. <laughs> I'm trying to express myself yeah. in English, it's not yeah. easy, but I'm trying. <laughs> it's coming across well. Yeah, okay, thanks. thanks. So, in as a teenager, as you were getting more serious about animation, yes, what were your decisions and what what guided you into that? Um, as a teenager, so um, I think it all started when I went at the Cégep du Montréal. Yeah, that's really when I I, I went serious on animation, and uh, I started um, comparing myself to others and. Um, like watching a lot of videos, reading about other animators like like masters like Glenn Keane, of course, like Sandro Pablo, like uh, uh, James Baxter, The Nine Old Men, uh, Richard Williams, all these like big guys, yeah. like yeah, and um, and uh, I started to feel like yeah, like a good a good artist know he's good, like when I was in. Uh, in not college, like high school, I was good at in the, in the art course. Um, the, the course we call it art plastic, and it's really easy, really easy. You just like copy and uh, you do you draw like flower and you get hundred percent. So I I knew I wasn't that bad, but when I went into um, Cégep, I feel it's the first time I faced this kind of uh, talent and. We were all different, but all we all had a message, and we all had a a will to strike for the best. So I think that's really when I felt, yeah, I'm at my, I'm at the right place. I so you felt like you finally had some competition, yes, and you were among peers rather than just ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. And uh, my teachers were good. Um, so yeah, they were part of the industry. 
they taught me how to be organized, which I'm still not. <laughs> they taught me how to see differently, um, experience life differently through a frame, through, um, yeah, just uh, watching people, how they move, how they talk, how they behave, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So that's that's really part of it. So the SAGEP system is a two-year system, and just... For those who don't know, it's it's um, it starts in the, at a twelfth grade. There's no twelfth grade in the in the uh, Quebec system. high school system. You go straight from there to SAGEP, which is sort of like a junior college yeah. in the United States, and you do it for two years, three years, three yeah. years. Three you year can program. you can do it in two years, but you're not you don't end up uh, professional kind of. Yeah. So you can work after three years, you can get a job and really right, sort of like an uh, advanced trade school. Yes. So yeah, if you want to do only three years, you've got to go to university. And, yeah. That's it. So I chose the three years because I'm not good at studying. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I wanted to get this done as soon as possible. I wanted to work. I wanted to experience. So yeah. So, I mean, we've gotten a lot of, or seen a lot of students come out of the Seja View Montreal quite advanced, beyond our expectations, right? Um, so when you go went into that first year, did they start you in animation right away, or did they develop you into drawing first, or did they do both? Um, they started by just uh, teaching the basics, not, not really animation per se, but... Like often we see students that want to draw and are motivating by their parents saying, you're good at drawing, go, go follow that path. And too often it's not, it's maybe not that the, the right path. Maybe they want to tell stories and write instead of drawing. So I think the strategy of the teachers is really to separate the really motivated ones to the ones that are maybe not in the right way. And uh, by this they are teaching Photoshop, they are teaching um, um, perspective courses and anatomy courses much more than animation. So they want, yeah, they want to see if you can you need draw. the foundation. If you can't draw, you're Do not you? going to be able to animate yes. very well. Yes, exactly. Sure. You can draw, but I mean, it might not be, it might not have the appeal of the one that knows his, his anatomy. Yeah. So what I find is that students, when they come in to any kind of school from high school, their drawing tends to be more representational of what they're seeing like their photograph rather than what you have to, what you need in animation which is structural yeah you need to know how the bones go together you need to know how the muscles work you need to know how the thing works as an organism yeah and uh, in LA one of the guys they could, they always taught was George Bridgman, Bridgman. oh yeah George Bridgman yeah okay yeah. so his stuff he came from the art students league but he, yeah he taught how to create a human form uh, mechanically. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so structured and so easy to follow. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Books are amazing. Yeah. So he's my first go-to when, I te- when I'm teaching my kids and anybody else who comes to me for yeah. advice. I'm like, you got to start with Bridgman because you got to know how, how it's moving. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, And also, like for animation, I think... Other books, if I can like, quote one, oh, sure. would be Animator Survival Kit, yep. of course. That's a standard. Uh, Drawn to Life by Walt Stanchfield. Um, you got Illusion of Life, of course, yeah, by Ollie Johnson and Frank Thomas. 
um, and so many great ones, new ones. Like you feel like the the old masters are have done everything, but really, youth is more inclined of knowing codes. But you have this approach of um, Normand Lemay, who uh, wrote with uh, his wife. Chris. Yeah, Grizz. Norman Grizz, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had this approach, really simple one with codes and with big titles and with, like, just... 100 Tuesday tips. Symbols, yeah. 101 Tuesday tips. And there's and they just launched a new one. Yeah, volume two. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good one. I think you should have it's a everything. Very, yeah, it's a very helpful, quick yeah. summary. It's like a cliff note. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's a perfect final touch to a great collection of books starting with the masters and with this yeah Richard Williams book yes how 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 did that fit in your, um, did they give you that at school yes yes they uh, they forced us to have it at school <laughs> and they forced us to read some parts of it but I really dig started digging in it after my uh, my three years at school I don't know why I think it was I had 10 courses uh, in the session, and I feel like that was a lot, so I wanted to escape that in the weekend, so I was just taking time, always focusing on taking time for myself. Oh. I think it's a, it's good, so reading was not my passion okay. in the weekend. You were so, a deficient yeah. student yeah. at saint <laughs> Montreal. Let's say that, let's say that. Okay. And it was really when I was starting to grow by myself, not with mm. With not the help of the teachers and with the right. parents, that I started reading and really appreciate every moment, every words of this man. What do you think about talent? Are you born with talent? Is it genetic? Is no. it hard work? Is it no? I think talent. Talent is a is a word that make us feel comfortable yeah. more than anything. I think it's just a matter of practice. Um, I think talent is like the way you see stuff. Maybe people see it differently than you, but then you just take from it and create out of it. And it's just, it's, you're, it's not a superpower. It's not something that, yeah, like you said, you're born with. It's really a matter of practice and a matter of how much you like it. Yeah, how much you're, like, you're willing to sacrifice for your craft. Yeah, I mean, I've, I I have students come to me a lot, and you know they're talented. They they that's what they've been taught. It's sort of indoctrinated into them. You're a talented person, mm. and then, like you said, it sort of relaxes you, makes you comfortable with yourself. Yeah, and you're not going to go that extra mile to yeah. work hard, which is what you need to be doing. Yes, right? yes, and I feel in this generation, particularly childrens and uh, like adults incoming are are so like um, parents are easy with them and teachers are easy with them and too easy that much then um, when you're going to the work environment you're facing a wall and you're like oh it's been easy for me all this time and now I have to work and I'm like I don't know what to do yeah. I feel like I'm not I'm not uh, making an impact I'm not um, like striving the best that I can but it's really not your fault. It's the way you've been treated. It's the you've way you've been nurtured a certain yes. way with a certain expectation. Yes, way and too much. And then the world, you get in the world, it's like, hold on, this yeah. is completely different. Yeah, yeah, and you're like a little bird out of his cage and like facing the real world, and you're like, hmm, I don't think I can do this. And you feel ashamed about yourself, and you, 
it's really too hard. So I feel start to work and parents stop stop yeah. treating your kids like they are the special ones. Right. They're just kids and yeah. they want to learn. There's a place for encouragement, but I think there's got to be a way that we can encourage our kids yes. without indoctrinating them yes. into the talent mindset. Yes. Guide them. Yeah. Don't tell them what to do. Guide them. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're at school. Did you did you finish your own film? Did you have? Do they give you an assignment to do your own animated film? Uh, you mean at the, uh, my years at the Yeah. Yes. So um, uh, every every student have to end up with a, a film. A 30-second film, short film. And, uh, I'd love to see yours. Oh, yeah. You didn't see it? I haven't seen it. It's uh, it's okay. <laughs> Looking back to I'm it. I'm sure hmm. it's more than okay. Yes, you're going to advance. You're going to grow. You yes. Have, it's yes. been, what, two years? Three years? Uh, two years. Yeah. Two years? More, a little bit more than two years. Gosh. And uh, so, yeah, every student has to come up with a movie at the end of these three years, starting with nothing, basically. Uh, Blossom and... Blossom of an idea, and um, at the end you have to come up with the full late movie, all done A to Z by yourself. So, storyboard. Um, first of all, writing it, uh, character designs, storyboards, and then animation, and then cleanup, and then coloring, and backgrounds, and everything. And even music. You have to. You don't have to do it yourself. I think they hire someone from another school to work with you. But uh, you have this uh, mindset first of a character designer and all the way through um, director. So you have to direct your own music and your own, the own, yeah. So basically having a movie done by yourself. That's a fantastic, fantastic program. Oh yeah. You had a better program than Glenn Keane and he went to Cal Arts. <laughs> oh, that's good to when. hear. Yeah, have you yeah, ever yeah. heard his story? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I heard it many times, <laughs> many times, but I feel like ended up like with the better program, I feel like I should be better than you that, what be I am. You're, you're going to get better. <laughs> you know, you'll get better. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but the benchmark is pretty high. For yeah, it is, now, it is. It man. is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, how'd you get your first job? My first job, um, I ended up at the end of this three years with uh, a movie um, that people liked, and Pascal Blais was one of them. And he saw it and offered me a, an internship, a paid internship at the studio, at Basketball yeah. Studio. And he said, I think we were like on a Friday, and he said, yeah, you're starting on Monday. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm ready to do this. So that's how I got my first gig, and uh, I've been working there for two years. And what was the first thing he had you doing? Uh, first thing, so I was uh, a cleanup artist under him, under his animation. You were doing cleanup? Yeah, okay. I was doing cleanup for, uh, I think, two weeks, three weeks, and then uh, he saw my, uh, my um, optimistic perspective on animation and, uh, and yeah, my, my passion on it, of it, and he said, why don't you try on animating this little character that is, whatever, doing his own exciting thing. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I can, I can totally do it. So I tried it, and he liked it. And then he gave me another more important character, and then many more little characters. And at the end, I started animating main characters. So start at the bottom of the of the ladder, and then yeah. like make your way up there. Yeah. Something something that they taught you or can or trained you to do at Sagep gave you and like Justine and Val. Mm -hmm. Something that 
brought you over a plateau that most students who are coming out of school constantly hit. Mm. And, and that is being fluid and bringing personality and acting into your, your stuff. Because I noticed that with you guys. There's acting and thinking in terms of what is the performance here? What is the intent of this scene? Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about the beginning, middle, and end and setting yourself up, knowing where you're coming from and where you're going. Mm-hmm. Most, most kids even coming out of animation programs don't have that. They're still struggle, struggling with the physics and the basic mechanics of animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys came out, you know, like you had five years advanced on everybody. Yes. Um, the teachers, like I said, were really good. They were like Pierre, like Luc, like um, I can name a few others. They were really um, much thinking about character first and telling your story and if the story wasn't good enough, don't start animating yet. Mm. Just wait for the story. Of right. course, there's the the problem of the time and the session have to finish one day. Yeah. But they were really pushing us on finding the really good story and a motivating one with characters that were interesting, not just like superheroes and no personality. Just try to find something to tell. And my approach is find a character, find a story and the character would just blossom through the story. So it's the same thing for a scene. The character have his own personality, the scene have his own thing. So it's really a matter of, yeah, the, the movement is, is important, but what motivates the movement is really the thing. Right. And exactly. if I can quote like everybody else, um, Ollie Johnson, animate what the character's thinking, not yeah, what he's doing. It. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that is not being taught. No, <laughs> I don't think. But somehow, with a lot of videos and a lot of reading, I got that, so I think it's important to share it. Once you make that switch mm. and you realize that that's the thing, you're, you've got a thinking character, mm. it, it completely changes the way oh, yeah. you do animation. Oh, yeah. It's entirely different. And you want to dig through so many stories through that character because it's part of you. Yeah. And you're really an actor through this. I mean, yeah. the classic example of that it was, maybe you're familiar with this, it was Disney's memo yeah. to the animators about Mickey yeah. and about thinking. What oh, is he yeah. doing? He enters a house, he, think, he goes and takes off his coat, he, exactly. he opens a door, and he explains it in such a way so that you're, you're seeing this, understanding the scene yes. from his mind and anticipating things yes. before he gets to do them. It's and so, so you have to communicate that that love, that disconnect, right? We all we often say that they're Mickey Mousing a scene, mm. but that's not in reality what's yeah, happening, right, you know? Right. Mickey Mousing a scene is just doing one thing at a time and focusing yes. only on that one thing. But the but, human brain is doing this. Right. Like, I want to drink water now, I'm going to stretch for the water and then drink it. Right. I'm not just doing it because my body feels it's good. I'm, I want to do it. So right. I'm going to look at the bottle and take the bottle and it. Exactly. So yeah, it's just a natural way of doing things that you have to show in your animation, I think. I would say it's like the overlap and follow-through of the mind. Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The mind and body, there's an overlap and follow-through. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's not all at the same time. Yes. All the animators do it at the same time <laughs> and you just try to work to get them to, you know, he's, he's already, he knows that action so well, he doesn't need to watch himself do that action. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about the next thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And I'm suddenly your animation becomes um, transcendent. Mm. It transcends 
the drawing yes. and the moving character and the moving drawing images, it becomes alive. That's when it becomes alive. Oh, yeah. I agree on that. You're the master. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> but there's a lot of animation schools that, you know, I, I see the kids coming out and it's just like, they were not adequately prepared by their programs to do the most basic animation tasks. So they go, go through this program and then they come out and all they can do are simple little things that maybe, you know, phone games or something like that in animated things, if that. Mm -hmm. When I'm saying at the end of the three years we have to come up with a movie, because you have to learn from zero to everything basically in these three years. The first year is really to learn the basics. The second is to solidify what you learned. And the third one is to really apply everything. But your movie is done like we say in three years, but it's really like in six months. So you have to push everything in the six months and come up with your own characters and come up with your own story. And then, oh, I want to animate a robot. So I want to learn how to animate a robot, not how to animate like a, uh, a sack of floor or a sack or whatever, a dog. I want to animate a robot. So you don't have enough experience to first animate your robot, yeah. but you don't have, I don't think in three years, with a lot of other things, like you're young, you're growing, you have friends, you want to hang out, you want to blah, blah, blah. Three years is not enough. So I feel like we come up of the sujet with an experience of a movie, but not with, I don't know, I think we don't have enough experience, even in three years. I think we would, we would need like 10 years to really... Yeah, I mean, you yeah. get that on the job. I mean, I, I had nothing when I came out of school. You know, I yeah. taught myself animation yes. in my program. But it's interesting to me, your program, I, I never realized this uh, until now, because I've always been, what is, what is the magic of that program? And I think it's that they teach you top-down rather than bottom-up. Okay. I think most programs teach bottom-up. That's why they start with the bouncing ball and the flower sack mm. and how you do this and how you do that. Because if you go from the bottom up, then you don't know why you're doing anything. Oh. If you're starting at the top, coming down, and you're doing the film, and you're thinking about character and story and motivation, mm. that is giving you a context to make all the other stuff mm. meaningful. Mm. And so you never have a point in your formation where you're doing something just to have movement. You're doing something to act. Yes. Right at the right off the bat. Yes. And that's that's a revelation to me. I got I think the secret. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that I was looking for. Yeah, I think I, it would need me like 30 more years in the business to really point at, point that. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of Because sense. if if you're if you're focused on just the minutia, you can get the minutia and, it, and it's almost dumbing down the educational approach mm -hmm. and making the student feel like this is really a hard thing to do. No, you don't need all your faculties trained on making a ball bounce. Mm -hmm. right? you, you have enough reservoir in your brain, I think, to learn while you're also acting and thinking about performance and acting and the why rather yes. than just the how and what. Yes. That's what I think is, is, oh, that's a, good is a good point. Yeah, next podcast I'm going to say that. <laughs> Quoting that exactly. <laughs> Good, you'll have to because I'll forget it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. Yeah. All right, so um, you worked at, at Pascal Blay for... Two years. Two years? Yes. 
and uh, we did this. We did the project with uh, Warner Brothers, which will mm-hmm. remain, remain nameless. But you were the first one mm-hmm. to get a glowing review from oh, the yeah. directors at Warner Brothers, which, which <laughs> blew everybody away. <laughs> me <laughs> it, too. <laughs> it didn't blow me away because I saw your work and I thought, "Wow, this is fantastic!" But uh, thanks. You know, that's just a testimony to your hard work and dedication to your mm. craft. Yeah, um, I was really motivated, like blindly motivated by this project. I think there's a lot of, yeah, yeah, it, it's still, there's a lot of potential in this, in these characters and in the story. And I, I really wanted so badly to be part of it. So I put my soul into it. Yeah. And um, I, I grew out of this project a lot, but I had to start somewhere and yeah. gladly it, it went well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And I think EduCalCall may have helped you along oh, yeah. the way. Yes. We did, we did a bunch of projects. Yes, and you were the director on the, the yeah. EduCalCall, so you gave me great advice. Yeah, and, and Bernard how, was there to help you. Oh, yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. And we spent there. a lot of hours, like, past midnight on this project, and I learned a lot on uh, consistency and with the, the different... Um, um, uh, the different... Um, how do you say that? Steps of approval. Yeah. Starting from the really rough and then tidying it up a bit and then, oh, maybe coming back to the really rough and yeah. never giving up. Just give them what they want because right. that's the job. <laughs> that's the other thing students tr- struggle with is the fact that um, they're, they're so precious with what they do. Mm. It's hard for them to let go and say, okay, that's not going to be in the film mm. I gotta th- or the project. I've got to throw it all out and start over. Yeah. Right. But that's critical. That rewriting yes. kind of thing in the animation yes. is necessary for your growth and for the advancement. And, of, and that's of the exactly what we were talking about on, on like, uh, students that go in the job and feel ashamed about their work. They feel yeah. like if they don't strike it right the first time, they're bad. Yeah, right. They're not. That's oh. a job. That's exactly. a thing. That's right. Yeah. It's like writing. You write a story. Yes. How many drafts do you write that exactly. story with? You exactly. You do the first one, and the first one is awful but at least it gets you someplace yes but then you get to go back and you change it and make it better you improve upon it and it's constantly an improvement upon it and i heard so many stories about the nine old men and people that are working in industry doing over and over and over again a scene like i think the best example is uh miyazaki hayao miyazaki on his films they're so so perfect and that's because they were trying and trying and trying to strive for the best the best of the west and yeah they did it so i think you can't achieve the close to perfection if you don't fail before right yeah and to do that kind of thing is it's almost like an immersion Mm -hmm. so we talk a lot in quebec about language immersion english immersion oh yeah immersion in order to we we have the same sort of thing in animation You, you make your best growth i think when you enter a period of complete immersion, where there you go. you're doing it morning, noon, night, and you're just focused on trying to get something out. And of course, the advertising world demands that of you sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah because yeah. of the deadlines and the that constant changes and this and that. And yes. But it's it can be such a growing experience if uh-huh. you do it right. Uh-huh. Yes, I agree on that. And and uh, yeah, just really think about your art as being something to please someone else when you're working so that you don't feel ashamed when you're bad when you're not bad but when you're not achieving what they want you to achieve it's just normal so that was really a big wall to break or just going uh, on the side of it Uh, we usually 
we usually compare our career to uh, a stairs. Yeah. And that was a big step for me. <laughs> a really big one. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's the stairs and then it, it drops off. <laughs> it falls into a hole yes. and then you got to climb out and yeah. get back on the stairs. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that that's how I, I felt. But yeah. I went through it and it's life. Yeah. You're going to go through it. No, don't don't bother like crying or anything. It's it's life. It is part Take of time. Any yeah. any art form, any kind of creative thing has though has those layers yeah. of change and constant yes. readjustment, which are sometimes painful. But exactly, it's it's, it's the way it is. Yeah, and you're gonna end up bigger, better, and yes, even if you don't agree with it. <laughs> right. Because the bottom line, at the end of the day, you're not paying for it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. But you're learning. Yeah, you're learning. This was part one of my conversation with Samuel Kabanek. I will continue my conversation with Sam in part two next week. Looking ahead, I've been lining up a treasure trove of great guests for the new year. Michael Greenholt is an animation supervisor who's worked at Warner Brothers Animation and he's currently at Disney TV. Never heard of him? We'll wait until this time next year. I've also lined up oil painter John Ebersberger from Annapolis, Maryland, Phil Lockerbie, a character animator in Montreal, and Disney animation legend Michael Surrey. That's right, Hakuna Matata. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Schaefer Creative Podcast. You will find the show notes and more information about Schaefer Creative at schaefercreative.studio. Music is by Lee Rosevere.